welcome to Big Booth Bets. It's the Get That Money podcast. I am Nate Stevenson. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Big Boothy Skirman and Mr. Tony T-Bone Guarino. I know how I'm doing, guys. I'll, I'll get into. So uh, I'll start off with you. How are you guys doing this week? I'm okay. I'm going to give you my, you know, generic NFL head coach response here. And, you know, that, that wasn't our best effort last week. We're going to we're going to learn from it. We're going to put it behind us and uh, I'm ready to move on to next week. <laughs> yes, uh, that's putting it lightly, I would say. How about you, Tom? It's beginning to look a lot like you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite yet. The blizzard of blocks may not have dumped the heavy units as we expected, but it is a holiday week. And in the spirit of Christmas giving, I hope that we are able to give many, many units to all of our listeners out there uh, for week 16. How about you, Nate? How you doing? Boof! I, uh, it's one of the, one of the rougher weeks I've had in quite some time. I gotta say, I had, uh, parlays just were poo. A lot of my bets were poo. But e- dude, even my, my, the props uh, I had on Monday night, with the way the with the way the Steeler game went, most of those were poo. I my fantasy lineup from in the I for the playoffs made two horrible decisions, which cost me getting into the championship. Even advised a friend on his fantasy lineup, which probably cost him winning his playoff matchup as well. So um pretty much everything that really, really mattered to me in the in the uh NFL betting and fantasy landscape sucked for me last week. So I'm definitely looking to rebound this week. Yes, I mean that's really all you can do. Agreed, agreed. And uh, I would, I think it's safe to say that the locks are looking for a rebound this week as well. So um, let's look at last week's devastation first before we get into a nice little profitable week sixteen. Well, locks went six nine and two. Uh, losers were Packers and Panthers over fifty one, Bears and Vikings under forty seven. 49ers minus three, Seahawks minus five and a half, Bucks minus five and a half, Rams minus 16 and a half, Jets under 13 and a half, uh, their team total that is, Cardinals and Eagles under 49 and a half, and the Steelers minus 12. We were fortunate enough to win some as well. Those were the Chargers plus three and a half, Chargers and Raiders over 53, Bills minus six and a half. Ravens minus 13 and a half. Dolphins and Patriots under 41 and a half. Browns and Giants to go under 45 and a half. Um, we had two pushes. Colts were minus seven and Chiefs minus three. And we had a conditional pick that did not become available, sadly. Uh, the Browns minus three. Props went 42 and 45. And our totals for the year. Um, locks are now 72, 61, and 4 with a 54.14% success rate. And the props are 153 and 126 with a 54.84% success rate. All right. Well, still positive units, which brings me lots of cheers. So let's spread that holiday cheer and start things off with the Christmas game, which is the Minnesota Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. Saints laying seven in the over-under at 51 and a half. Well, the Saints are taking on what has proven to be their nemesis the past couple of years, uh, at least in the playoffs anyway. So I think that's something to keep in mind. But more importantly, 
for the Saints, the Vikings do not have the same personnel on defense that they have the first couple years. They're not as good against the pass or rushing the passer. That is very important. Also, you're looking at a, a Minnesota team that I think it can be questioned how motivated they're going to re- really be to play this game. Like they just lost what was basically the de facto elimination game for the playoffs last week against the Bears. And now they have to travel down to New Orleans against the Saints team. It still has a lot to play for. Still fighting for the number one seed. Still fighting to um, secure the division title. And that definitely says to me that the Saints should win this game. How comfortably is, is the issue that's in doubt? Because, you know, Drew Brees is still coming back from his rib injury. He actually completed under, under 50% of his passes last week. And then you have no Michael Thomas, which also is an issue for their offense. So we're laying a touchdown here against the Vikings team that does have some firepower on offense. I, I'm, I'm, I, I like the Saints to win, but I just can't, I can't make myself lay the touchdown here. So going to pass the spread, and the total doesn't look too enticing either. So just a full pass for me. If you made me, I would take the Vikings plus seven. Uh, they beat them straight up in the playoffs last season. Uh, Breeze did not look great against the Chiefs. Like you said, they don't have Michael Thomas. Uh, the biggest pause for concern for me is just the Vikings looked like crap against the Bears last week. I do think the Saints are better than the Bears. So it's tough for me to get on that one completely. Uh, I am going to pass. All right. Well, let's move on over into some more Saturday action this week, and we'll start things off there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions, the Bucks laying 9.5, and, and your over-under at 54. Knee-jerk reaction here is lay the 9.5 with Tampa Bay, but honestly, a lot of those knee-jerk reactions for Tampa Bay this year have not been very good because everyone just assumes, like, we have – mistakenly several times this year is oh they have Tom Brady they have all this offensive firepower you know they should just scrub people and they haven't been uh they've either been losing games they shouldn't have been or not expected to lose or not winning games by nearly as much as they've been expected to win so now you're you're facing a Lions team that I mean let's be real they suck but sometimes they can be pesky and you have to win by 10, and you combine what I just said about those two teams, I, I I don't think either side's a good side. So as much as I would love to lay the points at Tampa Bay, I am not going to take the bait, and I'm going to pass. Yeah, I like the Bucks to win. I think they can cover this number, but it's too high of a number for me to have confidence that they will cover the number. It's a pass for me. All right, sticking with Saturday, we'll move on to the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. The 49ers are getting four and a half, and the over-under is 48 and a half. So if this game was at four or lower for the cards here, I, I would I would love to take Arizona. But that hook on the four, combined with Arizona's struggles over the past month to month and a half, just um, I, I, I can't, it's not something in good conscience I can feel good about. Uh, last week, I will say Kyler Murray did seem to finally start to look like his old self Threw for over 400 yards, started running the ball a lot more. Um, now, you know, part of me wonders like how much was that the fact that Philly had a decimated secondary. Um, so the, the verdict's still out there a little bit, but, uh, you have a San Francisco team that 
has kind of been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde with Nick Mullins at quarterback. Sometimes they look good on offense. Sometimes they don't. Last week against the Cowboys was both in the same game. No Debo Samuel that for San Francisco would lead me to believe they're going to struggle to score a little bit more than they, they have been when they are going good. So all that being said, uh, if I can get Arizona at minus four or lower, I will take them. Um, beyond that, can't say much more. Yeah, I guess I, I feel the same way, but even slightly less confidence in Arizona than you do. Um, I do think a lot of Kyler Murray's success last week was because of the issues with the Eagles secondary. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to just repeat that performance against the 49ers. Uh, these two teams did play in week one. It was a four-point Cardinal victory. Uh, different personnel, obviously, in that one. Jimmy G and Kittle did play. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel did not. Um, Ayuk has been excellent uh, down the stretch here for the 49ers. Uh, still no word if Debo is going to play or not. And I think the Cardinals offense in general has been a lot worse for the last month. I, I would need to see it again out of them. Uh, before I can start betting on them. So it's a pass. All right. The final Saturday matchup is the Miami Dolphins at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Dolphins laying two and a half and the over-under at 47 and a half. Big thing with this game here is you have strength against strength and weakness against weakness. You have a Vegas offense, which is pretty solid when it's clicking, going against a Miami defense that's one of the best in the league. And then you have a Miami offense, which has a ton of injuries, going against a Vegas defense, which is injured and not very good. So there's just way too much uncertainty with all of that. So um, we are not going to pull the slot machine here in Vegas, and we're just going to walk away. Yeah, to add to the uncertainty... um... We're not 100% sure that Mariota is going to start over Carr or not. I think he is. And even so, I mean, we had a very small sample size to go off of last week. He looked great, but how are you going to look when a team is truly preparing for you here? Uh, Still got to see that question be answered before I start betting on them. It's a pass for me. All right, well, that takes us on over into Sunday, where we'll start things off with the Atlanta Falcons at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs laying 11 and the over-under at 53.5. Oh, Boof, this is, uh, I'm about to really surprise you here. I'm, I, 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 can't, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I, I kind of like the points with Atlanta against my boys. Wow. Nate going against the Chiefs. I mean, I ain't saying they're going to lose. I mean, so let's not take it that far here. I mean, you know, Chiefs, Chiefs, you know, Chiefs going to get it done. But Chiefs haven't been blowing really anybody out for two months now. Really, and Atlanta, as much as they've kind of been an enigma for us for almost two seasons now, they're still playing hard for Raheem Morris, and they're they're keeping games close. The Chiefs don't have a good defense. Atlanta does still have a very capable offense, whether or not Julio plays, which is looking like he might not, but obviously if he does, that's a, that's even better. Um, but. I mean, Calvin Ridley last week went off without Julio. He's He definitely has the capability to be a pure number one. And then obviously, like I said, if you have Julio, that's even better for the Atlanta offense. We're getting double-digit points against the KC team. It just seems to kind of coast through games and turn it on when they need to. 
I think that's a good bet. So I'm going to take 11 points with the Falcons here. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and the Chiefs have kind of seemed a little disinterested uh, in some of these games lately. They have actually not covered the number of 10. Uh, it's been seven weeks since that happened, and that was against the Jets. So Atlanta's looked pretty good recently. The Chiefs have been winning games, but they've mostly been one possession games. Uh, I think we see a repeat of that. And I'm on board with the Atlanta Falcons, plus 11. It's our first lock of the week. I think that might be a first time ever that I can remember, Booth, a lock against the Chiefs. So we're going to lock it in. And get that money anyway, baby. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. Up next, we have the Chicago Bears at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Bears laying seven and a half and the over under at 46 and a half. I got to say, Booth, the the Bears, ever since Mitch got back under center here, they look like a different team and he looks like a different quarterback. It's like, I, 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 I don't know what happened. So uh, they, they've looked pretty good the last couple games on offense um, against subpar teams. They're facing another subpar team in Jacksonville. The hook with the seven bothers me though. Cause like it would normally bother me to lay a touchdown with Chicago. Anyway, laying over a touchdown is, is really concerning to me. So as much as as much as recent uh, performance here by the Bears would would say I should take the seven and a half, I I'd feel much more comfortable laying the seven. I'm going to start there. Going over to Jacksonville, they now control their own destiny. To draft Trevor Lawrence. If they lose their last two games, they get Trevor Lawrence. Like that's just a fact. And I was saying to 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 Booth Priest Joe that I see no freaking way that the Jaguars win these last two games. And it wouldn't surprise me, quite frankly, if you even had a little mandate from above to, to the head coach, like, hey, listen, you can you know, let on like we're trying to win, but I want you to literally put us in the worst position to win these games as possible and not make it obvious because we're about to get a franchise-changing player. Like, that happens in sports. It, it It's happened in all the major professional sports. You just don't hear about it. And that's that's honestly another factor, I think, that matters in this game. Combine all of that, I, I, I think the Bears is the right side here. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, they looked great against Minnesota last week. Um, I hate the number being over seven. So I agree with you. I think we waited out, hope to get it back down to seven. And I think that's how we're going to play it. We're going to go Bears conditionally minus seven as a conditional lock. Oh, yeah. Lock it in. Get that money. Conditionally. All right. Moving on, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Houston Texans. The Texans laying eight and the over-under at 46 and a half. Two teams that suck. One team that sucks a lot less. And the big reason for that is they have a pro bowler quarterback named Deshaun Watson. So give me the Texans here. If we can get it down to a touchdown, because I don't like the minus eight, I'm thinking we're going to get some public overreaction to that Bengals surprising, basically kind of beatdown of our boys here. Um, so yeah, if we can get the Texans down to a touchdown, I'm in. I don't know uh, how confident I am that we'll get it down to seven, but I do think it's at least waiting, uh, waiting to find out. So if we can get Houston at minus seven, I'm with you on that. We're going to conditionally lock that. Um, if not, if you really want to play it, you can, I would say, tease the Texans with the Bears 
And you can get those two at a much more attractive number, you know, one and a half and two. And I think you can feel pretty good about both of those. So that that's something I would definitely entertain would be a Texans and Bears teaser. I like that. Just a little food for thought. So we're going conditional Texans minus seven. And uh, I recommend a Texans and Bears teaser as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Lock it in. Get that money. Conditionally. All right. Up next, we have the Cleveland Browns at the New York Jets. The Browns laying nine and a half and the over under at forty seven and a half. Tony, I got to correct you to start off here. I think you uh, I think you meant the future division champion. Cleveland Browns. Is this a joke? Surprisingly, that is a real thing at this point here. Like we're the Browns literally, if the Browns beat the Jets and the Steelers lose to the Colts, which with how they've looked recently is very possible. We're looking at a week 17 showdown with the Browns and the Steelers for the division. So as a Steeler fan, that's both mind boggling and horrifying. So, um, yeah, that's I, I'm still struggling to comprehend that. But the Browns, uh, the Browns, I really think smell blood in the water here, man. Like they, they take care of business against the Jets. Uh, they're they're looking really really good, and they have they're only laying nine and a half against the Jets team. Rams game withstanding, still really really sucks, and. I, I think this is a game where the Browns just come to town um, ready to take care of business. They're going to pound the rock. They're going to use that play action game with Baker. And I know we've kind of been disrespecting the Browns a little bit this year, but uh, I, I got to start to question whether or not that the Steelers are the fraud instead of the Browns. And um, it's, it's, it's time to really start giving that some serious thought. And I'm going to take the Browns laying the nine and a half here. Yeah, I mean, the Browns just played the Giants, uh, who I do consider to be better than the Jets, despite the Jets' performance last week. And they had no problem covering this number. So we're going to be in the same stadium again. Cleveland is rolling. Cleveland is hot. Uh, The Jets finally got their win. So I think their emotional high is going to come right back down to a low here as they get whooped by Cleveland. I'm going to lay the points as well. Browns minus nine and a half. It's a lock for us. Oh, yeah. Lock it in. Get that money. Hashtag 2020. All right. Up next, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Colts only laying one and a half. Probably could lay 21 and a half. And the over-under at 44 and a half. Boop, I so literally have to gather my thoughts from that travesty last night. So just um, just take it here. From, take it from here. Okay. So it's kind of funny. I, I texted Tony and Nate this morning when I saw the Colts at minus two and a half and I was like, get it while you can guys. Like, don't let it go up. So I I placed that bet uh, this morning and sure enough, it actually went down to one and a half here. So I love the Colts there beyond that. The over under at the time was not available. It is now. And it's 45 points. Um, For me, this is under all the way. And the Steelers are starting to remind me of last year's team where they were good on defense and just atrocious on offense. And teams have kind of followed the Ravens blueprint uh, from the second time around here where just do not respect the Steelers running game at all. 
do not respect their deep passing game at all. And the Steelers are just going to really struggle to move the ball on you. Now, the Colts come in with one of the best defenses in the league. The Steelers couldn't move it at all against Cincinnati. I think they had nine yards of offense or something in the first half. Um, I don't expect that to get any better against a significantly better Colts defense. Um, Then you flip it around. Indy can score a little bit, but Phillip Rivers is not as good against against a good pass rush. Now, the Steelers' pass rush has not been quite as good without Bud Dupree, but it's still solid. So I do think this one will be a little bit lower scoring, and I expect the Colts to win. Um, both of those, to me, are lock-worthy. So I'm going to do my best to not let Yins or Nate um, sway my thoughts here too much, but just being real with everybody here, the Steelers have lost three straight games in December for the third year in a row. That's three years in a row. That's not good. That's that's crunch time. That's when you want to be getting hot, not literally going the other way. Now, you know, I, I think a lot of people would expect me to be like, oh, fire Tomlin, which we'll get to that. But right now, I think the biggest problem is just you have key components on the Steelers offense that are just they're getting old. Um, Big Al, Villanueva, love him to death. Awesome dude. Hasn't looked good this year. Big Ben looked good beginning part of the year. Hasn't looked good ever since people have figured out what the Steelers offense really is. I think they have a lot of problems. Uh, I think the offensive coordinator is also a problem, but let's be real. Big Ben's the offensive coordinator, so he's problem number one. Beyond that, I'm willing to give Mike Tom the benefit of the doubt here with what he's dealing with with his quarterback. But uh, once you get some new blood on offense, if that doesn't change, it might be time for his him to go too. Because sometimes your message just gets stale. And that's not, that's another concern I'm having here. With uh, three three years in a row, like I said, of three losses in a row. That's 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 a problem. So um, I know a long spiel here. That's just the, the yin's earned me coming out here, but trying to be logical. I agree with you, Boof, as much as it, I hate to do it. Laying the points with the Colts and taking the under because the Steelers offense looks like crap. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, lock him in. Oh, yeah, lock him in. Get that money. Twice. All right. The final one o'clock game for Sunday is the New York Giants at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens laying ten and a half and the over under at forty five and a half. The Ravens just seem to be sharpening the sword, man, and getting hot at the right time after getting through all their COVID issues. And the Giants, with their injury questions at quarterback, whether it's going to be Daniel Jones uh with what he's dealt with which he as he has shown if he can't use his legs is a big issue so even if he does play he's not gonna be fully healthy if he doesn't you still have colt mccoy who's just not a good quarterback at this point in his career slash really has ever been and like i said the ravens just scrub bad teams as i've said many many times and the giants are a bad team the whole nfc least is bad the giants are also bad uh, so give me the Ravens minus 10 and a half. And that is a, one of my favorite bets of the week. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Ravens look great and I expect them to continue to kick butt against some uh, weaker opponents here. I am down to lay the minus 10 and a half and it's another lock for us. Oh yeah. Lock it in. Get that money. All right. That takes us into the four o'clock games for Sunday. We'll start things off there with the Carolina Panthers at the Washington football team, the WFT laying two and a half and the over under at 44 and a half. The big thing that's affecting which way I feel 
really confident going in this game is the injury situation for the Washington football team. Um, if, if I knew for a fact that Dwayne Haskins was playing, I would be hardcore leaning Panthers and waiting for a three. If I knew that Antonio Gibson and Alex Smith were both going to play for Washington, I would be leaning, if not taking Washington here. Um, so those, those are a couple big factors. I, I like Teddy to cover key numbers. So if this got to three, if only one of either Antonio Gibson or Alex Smith played, I'd like the Panthers at plus three. Um, but considering there's a, there's a lot of ifs and moving parts with this one, um, I would say your best bet is to just wait and see who is playing and then go from there. Uh, yeah, I feel the exact same way. Uh, too much uncertainty. So I'm not going to bet it. You just got to wait it out and get get a little clearer injury picture and go from there. All right, moving on, we have the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers laying three and the over-under at 48 and a half. Boof, I'm going to break a rule this week. Don't do that. Uh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, You want to take a wild guess as to what that rule is. Oh, it may or may not have to do with getting or not getting points with the Chargers. That is true. More importantly, getting points or not getting points with Anthony Lynn. Mm. 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 Yes. But see, Boof, there's... Explain yourself. There is a key cog in this decision this week. The Broncos also have a really, really crappy head coach. So, I'm thinking the head coaches are going to cancel each other out. You have the crappiness of Vic Fangio and the crappiness of Anthony Lynn kind of just meeting in the middle and letting it all play out on the field between the actual players. And the Chargers have the better player at the most important position, and that is Justin Herbert at quarterback. He has looked really, really good most of this year. He is going to be your offensive rookie of the year. The Chargers are only laying a field goal at home, so that means the Broncos don't have the altitude advantage, and they have a decimated secondary, which is a very, very important thing going against Herbert and his blossoming group of wide receivers. So give me the Chargers, minus three. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the Broncos and Bills game, Bills went up and down the field on them, no problem. I, I do think the Chargers offense is of similar quality, um, the Broncos on defense are just getting crushed by the injury bug. So I don't see how they're going to be able to keep up with the Chargers. It is only three points. I'm down to lay it. Chargers minus three. It's a lock for us. Oh, yeah. Lock it in. Get that money. Goal Chargers. Up next, we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks laying one and a half and the over-under at 47 and a half. Yeah, I'm not going to take the bait last week with the horrible performance by the Rams against the Jets. I really truly believe that uh, that was a situation where they were looking past a Jets team that they just assumed was just going to lay down because they want the number one pick. And also they were looking ahead to the Seahawks game this week because it's basically for the division title. Uh, we're getting one and a half points. First game, the Rams handled the Seahawks to the tune, I believe it was 24 to 16. Jalen Ramsey shut down DK, which is huge for that Seattle offense. And um, that was, I believe, before 
the Seahawks started to not let Russ cook, which is just a horrible decision. Um, the Seahawks have continued to not let Russ cook, which means there is, they have not been scoring nearly as much points. The Rams are a hardcore ground and pound play action team, which also keeps that clock running. So you take all that into consideration. I like the Rams to both win the game and for the game to go under. And I'm going to double lock both of those, Boof, if you're down with me. I think I am going to be down with uh, doing that with you, Nate. Uh, should be should be noted that Cam Akers is not expected to play. Um, but if you go back and look at the first game, he only had 10 carries for 38 yards. So he was a bit of a non-factor in that one anyway. Uh, beyond that, the Rams have won five out of six against the Seahawks. And in the one game that they did lose, it was a one-pointer. So they have, in fact, covered this six times in a row. Give me the Rams plus one and a half and give me the under- 47 and a half two locks for us in this one. Oh yeah lock it in get that money twice all right the final four o'clock game on sunday is the philadelphia eagles at the dallas cowboys the eagles laying two and the over under at 49 and a half jalen hurts might be a decent nfl quarterback i i must say i was i've been pleasantly surprised by what i've seen from him i when People were talking about him going second round of the draft. I was, I was like, uh, you know, I he's not, he's not even going to be as good as Dak Prescott. But, and I'm not saying he's going to be yet. But I got to say, the first two games he's looked pretty damn good. And he threw for over 300 yards last week against the Cardinals. I'm sorry, but the actually I'm not sorry. There's 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 no excuse and nothing to be sorry for for the Cowboys defense. They just suck. The Cowboys defense, way worse than the Arizona defense, which is not a bad defense. And Philly's laying two. I I think uh I think I'm gonna go with Philly here. A lot of motivation on their part, a lot of motivation on Jalen Hurts' part. And I think uh I think that offense gets it done here against the Cowboys. Lay the points with Philly. So I read an article, it was either yesterday or it was on Sunday, but Basically, it was talking about how Philadelphia and I think the Packers um, over the last, or maybe it was the Seahawks, maybe it was Philadelphia and the Seahawks, but it was over the last three seasons. Uh, the Eagles actually have like are tied for the best record in December in the NFL, and sure enough, this year they look like crap. And we get to December and they get that upset win over the Saints, and then they looked good against the Cardinals, didn't quite get the W. Um, but now they're playing the Cowboys, who are terrible against the run. And we got Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders, who are running the ball very effectively lately. I think we see more of that. And I like the Eagles to win the game and cover, minus two. So Eagles minus two, it's a lock for us. Oh, yeah, lock it in. Get that money. Okay, the Sunday night football game is the Tennessee Titans at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers laying three and the over-under at 56 and a half. The Titans are really good at running the ball with Derrick Henry. The Packers are really bad at stopping the run. The Packers, conversely, are really, really good throwing the ball, obviously. Aaron Rodgers, one of the GOATs, future Hall of Famer. Titans, really bad at defending the pass and sacking the quarterback. That's just a whole bunch of strength versus weakness in this game. So 
at a field goal, I think that's I think the line is right because I could I understand where that's coming from. Um, if I had to pick anything, I would lean over at 56 and a half. But I mean, the Titans defense is pretty bad in general, and the Packers run D is pretty bad. So it's probably gonna be a, a lot of running on both sides, and then a lot of completed passes on the Packers side since Aaron Rodgers, you know, could basically just uh, get on a recliner in the pocket and not have to worry about anything. So um, I'd lean Packers minus three. I'd lean over, but nothing I feel comfortable locking. Yeah, I mean, as far as who wins, I could see this game going either way. These are these are two good teams. Um, your breakdown to me is accurate, and that, that tells you, you know, it screams over, but the number's just so high. I mean, it's 56 and a half points. I'm passing. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of running clock there. All right, that takes us to our final matchup for Week 16, which is the Monday Night Football game between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Bills laying seven over under of 46. All right, I've said it before. I can finally now say it. The Patriots dynasty is dead. It's dead. They they, they are eliminated from playoff contention. They are in player evaluation mode the last two games of the year. Like, I I literally, I just, I felt something lift off my shoulders just being able to say that as a Steeler fan. Like, I, oh, it feels so good. The Patriots suck. I love it. Now we're going against the Bills. The Bills, oh, the Bills, they, dude, the Bills are like one of my adopted favorite teams here. I mean, I, I know part of that's, you know, your influence, Boof. It's a circle to wagons, baby. Exactly. Real recognize real. I mean, you know, Bills, man, they Josh Allen, that offense, Stephon Diggs. They look really, really good. Defense has been getting it together after uh, how good they looked last year. We're laying a touchdown against a Patriots team that is in talent evaluation mode. That looks pretty juicy to me. I'll lay the points with the Bills. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, The first game, the Bills only won 24 to 21. But Damian Harris had 102 yards rushing in that one. Uh, He will not be available in this game. And Stephon Gilmore is likely out for the year for New England. So they really don't have an answer for Stephon Diggs. And the Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs connection has just been amazing lately. I think the Bills can cover this no problem. Like you said, the Patriots don't have a whole lot left to play for. Bills minus seven. It's another lock for us. Oh, yeah, lock it in. Get that money. Circle the wagons. All right, well, that wraps up Week 16's action. Uh, before I toss it over to you, Boof, I'd just like to stop and say happy holidays to everyone. Stay safe out there, and I hope that you all find stockings full of units. Now, as always, back to you, Boof, to wrap up this week's locks. All right, thanks, Tone. We can do that. Not quite as many as last week. Uh, we have the Falcons plus 11. Bears minus seven conditionally. Texans minus seven conditionally. Browns minus nine and a half. Colts minus one and a half. Colts and Steelers to go under 45. Ravens minus ten and a half. Chargers minus three. Rams plus one and a half. Rams and Seahawks under 47 and a half. Eagles minus two. And Bills minus seven. And Nate, you got any parlays for the people this week? We always got parlays for the people, baby. Hoping to hit one of them this year. Uh, We got a three-tier parlay system this week. 
And we're going to start off with a 12-legger. Going a little more conservative here, just trying to get people into that money. We're going to go all money lines for these teams. Saints, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Bears, Texans, Browns, Ravens, Chargers, Eagles, and Bills. And then we are going to buy some points on the KC Atlanta game down to 47.5 and, and take the over. That's only minus 250. And we're going to buy some points on the LA Rams Seattle game up to 54.5 and, and take the under. And that is a 12 leg parlay that gives you plus 34.21 on the odds. $100 bet will win you 34. I'm sorry, $100 bet will win you $3,000. $421. Now, I will I will uh, caution everybody. I would love to take the Ravens' halftime full-time line instead of their money line because I feel very confident about that, but that is not yet currently available on FanDuel, which is where we make our uh, podcast parlays. So just food for thought there. And then the uh, the second round or the you know second tier of this parlay, we are going to subtract the Texans' money line and the Chargers' money line and buy a few more points in the Rams-Hawks game up to 58.5, which will give you a 10-leg parlay for plus 1477, which means $100 bet will win you $1,477. And then our last round of the parlay, the third round or third tier, it's the seven-leg parlay, is the Saints money line, Tampa Bay money line, Arizona money line, Bears money line, Browns money line, Ravens money line, or Ravens halftime full-time if you can find it, but we're going with the Ravens money line. And the Bills money line. And that is a seven leg parlay for plus 444 on the odds, which means $100 bet will win you $444. So, which means if you completely follow the system to a T and you lose the first two legs, you are still making $144. Well, that sounds awesome, man. Thank you for sharing. Uh, hey, Merry, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. Best of luck to you. And let's get that money. Oh, yeah. Get that money. Merry Christmas, everybody.